Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, I think we're just trading places as we, as it's going right now. Father and son back again. Uh, we had a week off. Um, but the boys took care of the ASC West last week, and it uh, sounded pretty good. Um, how's everything going, Dill? Going good. Good vacation. The only thing that stinks is weather changes, so I got a stuffy nose. That sucks. Uh, I went the opposite. Uh, you went from hot to cold, or cold to hot to back to cold. I went from cold to hot now that I'm in Florida. So, um, you know, there was a, it was kind of interesting yesterday was, uh, you know, as everybody knows, we, we do our podcasts on Wednesday, um, Wednesday nights. But last yesterday was, you know, franchise tag day. Um, I wanted to ask you this opinion. How did you feel about Daniel Jones getting a contract and then tagging Saquon? Uh, I felt I think it's a smart move. I know some people disagree. I In don't wise, like it is a smart move. I don't like um the number for Daniel Jones uh being at 40 million a year, four years, 160 million or whatever it is. I mean, effectively it turns into a based on the guarantees, it's a two-year contract for like yeah. about $80 million. Um and so I don't love it because that's a $40 million. That's a like that's a $40 million weight weight that you tie to him. I do like tagging Saquon because I'm of the impression that running backs, only certain running backs last past five or six years, uh, and like where they're like elite level and before they start getting injuries and, and declining in their ability, like look at Leonard Fournette, like Leonard Fournette was like in one year kind of dropped off to a, mediocre at best running back this past year like he wasn't great uh Derrick Henry even kind of I mean he was solid this he was good this year but like you could even see in him a little bit of a drop off uh he's on the trading block so yeah and he's also 29 but for Saquon like I you don't have to wait for the injuries he's been injured he has a history of injuries like so I I would bet he probably gets injured again. Not that I'm hoping for it, because Saquon's an explosive and exciting player. But I I much rather I. That's why I'm of the impression that like a lot of people don't like drafting running backs in the first round. So like for example, like a Bijan, I think drafting a running back in the first round is amazing and a smart move if you if you don't have big needs elsewhere. Like for example, if I'm Philly. I consider taking Bijan at in the first round if I can get like I know I can get him at ten, but if you maybe trade back, get some other assets, and then take him maybe at like sixteen or something. Um, but if you take Bijan, you have a five year, you have four year plus a fifth year option and a franchise tag. That's six years, and then you're done. Like I don't think yeah. running backs on the second year on the second contract ever really live up to it. Look at Ezekiel Elliott. Look at um like christian mccaffrey cmc is the only one that i've seen in recent memory that has succeeded on a second contract Le'Veon bell fell off a a cliff after his when he got a second contract so it's a there's a pattern of not really getting to what you need to so i think 
It's a smart move. I don't like the number for Daniel Jones, but I like tagging Saquon. I will say this. CMC is only a smart move because he got traded to San Francisco. If he was still in Carolina, I don't think it would have been a smart move because he just hasn't been – he wasn't being as productive as he was before. And he was injured. Well, and they also they also in San Francisco have limited his snaps. But they yes. haven't really limited his touches. Like, right. like he's he's getting a lot more passing work. Maybe not as much like ground game, like where he's getting handoffs. But he's getting he's getting a similar amount of touches. But of he's not on the field as much. Yeah, uh, and that that helps preserve his legs. Yeah, and I his agree. body. I agree. The other big one was Lamar Jackson getting his um, franchise tag, the non-exclusive franchise. Uh. And I don't know how I feel about all the teams that are expressing that they're not going to go after him. It's one thing not to do it, but it's another thing to just like go out in the media and say, we're not going. And I'm not sure how I feel about this. And I know that a lot of sportscasters and a lot of personalities are saying it's a collusion type setup. There's not enough evidence for it. I agree. But I. I think this is a great player who's not getting he's getting a little railroaded I feel like even though I think what he's asking for might be a little too much. Does that make sense? I guess. I mean, I think this collusion talk is absolute nonsense. I think it's ridiculous. I I will say I think the owners and the GMs, with the exception of the Cleveland Browns, are not going to hand out a, gar- a fully guaranteed contract. And so I I think that's that's one thing. But I also think one I'm pretty sure Lamar is in the tampering period, so you can't talk to him anyways until next week. And so that that's not going to happen. They're not going to reach out to him. But two, and I learned this I learned this today that if you sign a t- guy to an offer sheet, it hits your books even though he could leave. Like he could get uh, the Ravens could match. So for example, if the Atlanta signed him to a five a two four year, two hundred million dollar fully guaranteed contract offer sheet, Baltimore has seven days to match it. And for those seven days that that offer sheet sits on their books and they, it affects the way they sign free agents. It's a, it, it affects all that kind of stuff. They, they have to do that. So that hurts them. And plus I've heard also from like Adam Schefter and all those guys that teams don't want to do the work for the Ravens. Like if you're Atlanta, why put in all the work, get him to agree to a, maybe not a fully guaranteed, but maybe it's a five year, $250 million or $210 million guaranteed only for Baltimore to then just say, okay, we'll match it. And you did all the work. Like, especially this early in free agency where you're not even like, say this was next week. You want to get all your free agents signed, look at your cap, do all that. So teams like Atlanta or Carolina or Washington that need a quarterback or that have been rumored to be in, in like a Lamar sweepstakes, like Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe a month from now they'd say, they see these these they have there's trades in the draft they know they can't get their guy and maybe they make a move but right now they're not interested 
And I think right now, I I think it's kind of ridiculous that all these guys are talking about collusion or all this stuff because, like, one, why are you going to give out your free agency plan or your plan to do these things this early? Right. But but also, why? I had a train of thought and it went away. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can figure out my train of thought. So I, I I get what you're saying, and I think you're right in the sense that I don't want to tell you as if I'm as a Falcons fan, I'm not gonna sit there and say, hey, yeah, Terry Fondo, just give us give everybody else what you're gonna look for in free agency before you offer this contract because you have to make sure that that money's there, and then all of a sudden, all those guys get sucked up and they're gone. You know, just because you've said on the book to put a quarterback there that I do remember what I was going to say. He has to agree with. Um, Sorry. So I'm going to I'm going to switch the lanes um, because we're going to talk about another free agent. Oh, Oh, you got it? Okay. I thought you forgot. Um, But the other thing, we always talk about guys getting what they're worth. And I think we've talked, especially people in the mainstream media, have talked themselves into saying that Lamar is worth a fully guaranteed contract because Deshaun got it. And I, I would agree that Deshaun shouldn't have got it, but if he did, yeah. Lamar might should might should have might should get it. But I don't think that logic necessarily should like. Did Cleveland make a do the fully guaranteed? Yeah, was it stupid? Yeah, but that doesn't mean everyone else then has to follow suit. Maybe Lamar then can ask for it, but if the Ravens or other teams say no, that's their prerogative. We're always yeah. talking about like players should get as much as they want and do what's best for them. But it's also a business, and uh, organizations have to do what's best for them. And that might be, hey, let's not give them a fully guaranteed contract because that's going to give us less less flexibility as a team to put a team around this person. Um, and so, I think we get caught. We got so caught up in, or not we, not I, because I'm I'm a hundred percent against giving Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed contract. Uh, I think maybe you should give him – he should probably get more money than Kyler, so he should probably have 190 or 195 guaranteed, maybe even 200 if he wants to be the first 200 – or second $200 million guaranteed guy, sure. Uh, but I don't think he should get that. But I think everyone got fixated on he should be the fully guaranteed guy, but he really shouldn't. He has – and everyone keeps saying, well, he is, he is an MVP and he has a road playoff win. Well – he also has missed five games each of the last two seasons. He also won the MVP four years, three years ago, and he has one playoff win in five years, and he's like one in three or one in four in the playoffs. Like, if anyone deserves a fully guaranteed contract that's coming up, it's Joe Burrow. But yeah, guess what? I Joe agree. Burrow ain't getting a fully guaranteed contract. So, it, I mean, the other thing is that Steve Bashotti also said, the moment it happened with Watson, that was wrong. A lot of the owners said setting up setting the precedence for this fully guaranteed was wrong. Um, and there's some other things that I, I do want some other questions I want to ask about this, but we'll, we can get into this one a little bit more. Um, but it's know, also smart, I think, for, for Baltimore to just say, oh, you think you're worth a fully guarantee and you think you will? Here's the non-exclusive. Go find it. Go see if you can yeah. find it. Like, and yeah, I, and I, I think what all these teams are all, all doing isn't collusion. I think they're all 
tried to throw up, hey, we're not interested in a fully guaranteed. They might be throwing up, we're not interested. Atlanta might be saying, I'm not interested, but I'm not. It's not that I'm not interested in Lamar. It's I'm not interested in a fully guaranteed the money. contract. If yeah, you're, the if money. you want, if you want to come talk to me about 200 million guaranteed and 250 or 260 being your number, and you have like 80 or 90 percent of it guaranteed or whatever, that's a conversation. But if you yeah. want fully guaranteed, I ain't interested. Like, uh, like, and I think that's can, the, I think that's the conversation right there. Is is if I did 250, uh, 220 guaranteed. Or two fifteen or two ten guaranteed, maybe, but I would probably want more years, and I'd probably want some, you know, some different things with it. Instead of four years, I'd want five years, you know, or something with it to where I'm yeah, getting. But, that, something but this is Baltimore saying, "Balt, we tried. You go if yeah. you want. If you think someone will get it, go find it." Yeah, I agree. I think that's it. And like I, I saw, I heard something today that. I think the only way that this could actually work out for Lamar is if like Burrow, Hurts, Herbert all follow suit and say, we will only play if this fully guarantee. And that's the only way. Lamar's going to have to probably fall on this sword and do something different if that's what he really wants, if he really wants this. But yeah. I don't think he's by himself can do this alone. He's gonna have to have help. So yeah. Um, well, the boys took care of the AFC West last week. Um, kind of missed that one. I I, I kind of wanted to listen to it, but uh, of course, but I didn't. I really kind of wanted to be in on that one. I wanted to see, especially with Chris here. I wanted to see what he said. I liked what he said with Denver. Um. But, you know, since it is us and our teams are both in the same division, we're going to do that division. We're going to do the NFC South. Um, the NFC South was probably the worst division in football this year. Um, the winner of the, of the division got went 8-9, and nine, and that was the year Bucks. And the other three teams were 7-10. and 10. Um. Yeah, it was just a bad division, and and we're not getting much better, you know. Um, but we're gonna start with my Atlanta Falcons, who, according by division, was the worst team in the division. I don't understand it. I thought it was the Saints, but whatever. Not gonna argue. Um, so we're gonna start with the, with with my team, and since I am talking, I guess I will start it. Um, we need a little bit of everything. Um, the only thing I think we have for good that we don't need tight end. I don't know. I mean, I like Kyle Pitts, but I I think we could have some other stuff there. Um, but we need edge rushers. We need defense. We need corners. I I need another corner. I don't know how I feel about my running backs. I do like Tyler Algier. He did great, but I think I like the one-two punch a lot of teams do. You know, Cincy, Dallas, um, who Tony Pollard did get put on the on the contract too, just to just to mention as a as a tag. Oh, the tag, yeah. Um, and I don't know if I I like Cordell Patterson, but I think his age is going to start playing into a factor. Um. 
defensively, I, we need linebackers. We need edge rushers, corner. I mean, we need all three phases. Um, I'd, I'd like to have another receiver. I would have loved Calvin Ridley if he had came in. Him and Drake London together would have been a great combo with Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, since since Arthur Blake has said that he is not in the Lamar hunt, I don't know if that means that Desmond Ritter is our quarterback. I don't know what it all means. I think we're just kind of waiting to see what happens with free agency. So we kind of need a little bit of everything. Offensive line is getting a little old. We've had a lot of issues with our um, right tackle. Would love to have a better right tackle, even though he's young. Well, he's a free agent. Caleb McGarry? Yeah, McGarry's a free agent. I didn't see that. Oh, it has been four years. I guess they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So I didn't see that. But uh, who knows? I mean, we have the eighth pick in this draft. Um I think it may just fall to what we need and what's available at eight. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, what are your thoughts on Atlanta? Uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, pretty much like Atlanta has a bunch of holes and it's really a lot of depth too. Like you don't have a ton of depth. You don't have a lot of like blue chip players either. Um, I think if I'm Atlanta, I'm rolling with Desmond Ritter this year. Uh, to see what you got. Uh, I think the quarterback class this year is good, but not elite. Like, I like some prospects more than others. Like, I think certain guys could be top 10 starters in the NFL. Uh, but I also think that next year has elite, like, elite level quarterback prospects. Right. And you just spent a third round pick on a guy this year. So, is it worth trading up to go get one of these guys in the draft or worth? Or is it better to stay pat or even trade back, get some more assets and try to fill up the roster so that when you do, if Desmond is the guy, well, your roster is getting built up. But if he's not, you're building up this roster for the guy you're going to drop in next year or two years down the road or whatever it is. So I think you roll with Desmond. I think offensively, the holes are uh, your second wide receiver because Zacchaeus is a free agent and you have right tackle. What what are you going to do there? Which there's a decent right tackle market this year. So it's not there the is. worst. Uh, yes. And so, or you could address that in the draft or you, there's a lot of avenues for that. So I think those are the two holes. I think defensively, I agree with you. Like the only person, the only two people on defense that are worth anything right now, Grady Jarrett and AJ Terrell. Uh, everybody else is pretty much a open for upgrading. So you need edge, you need linebackers, you need a second corner. Uh, you need these things. I think Arnold Ebiquete, I don't remember, I don't know how well he did this year. I mean, he was, I guess, a rookie. So he only had, I think, two and a half sacks. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't lighting the world on fire. Um, no. But he was also but a project I like, coming I like into the season. Yeah, I like he, his gameplay. He's a project. So I think if yes. you, if you get, for example, if you stay at where are you guys at seven? Eight. Eight. If you stay at eight and maybe you get a Tyree Phil or Tyree, is it Tyree Phillips? Tyree, yeah. whatever. Uh can you say it? I'll look it up or while you're talking. Tyree, whatever his name is. Tyree, whatever from uh is it Texas Tech or whatever. Uh yeah. if you get him at eight 
and then you match him with Epikete and Jarrett, that might give you a better pass rush, and it might unlock Epikete. It might give him some more chance to do something more. Op- like when you got a, a blue chip or a potential blue chip player on the other side, could unlock him, take some attention off of Grady Jarrett, or give them one on one. So that could be good. So I agree. I think there's a lot of holes. I don't think you get into the Lamar sweepstakes because then you're locked into your roster because you lose all your cap space with a $40, $50 million cap hit for Lamar and you lose two first-round picks to fill out the roster around him with blue-chip players. That's Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. So you lose that opportunity. So I I don't think that that's a good option. Now, if – I think an option for Atlanta could be signing Jimmy G, not to start, but to as a backup to mentor Desmond. But I don't see that happening because I think Jimmy's going to want to go somewhere where he's going to start. I think Jimmy's going to want to play somewhere more so than just be the guy to. uh, Yeah. And if you wanted a mentor, you had the perfect mentor in Mariota and they released him. So, yeah. So I, I don't see that happening. But that's the only thing I could see. I think they got a solid running back core. They could maybe add somebody since uh, Huntley tore his Achilles. So I, I could see them adding a, another running back because uh, Patterson's more of a wide out who plays running back. So maybe adding a second running back. But this is a heavy free agent market with running backs and a heavy uh, draft, class, draft class with running backs. And the other so thing you is, is add that before in. we even you know go into the draft side, we have the second highest free, you know, salary. You know, our salary cap is so above beyond big. This is what Are I we... would think. Wide receiver wise, fifteen million a year, Jacoby Myers. Not a bad idea. I I looked at more of maybe Seven and a half million a year for two or three years for Kareem Hunt. Or maybe putting in like someone like Jamal Williams. Yeah, Jamal Algier. Him and Algier together could be a great combination. You could put Cordell back into a slot and pull up somebody else. There's a lot of options I think we have, and I think we have a pretty good. I like our. I really do kind of like our 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 uh, GM. I like Fontenot and just kind of see what he does. Um, I mean, there's some players out there. Marvin Jones Jr. is actually available. He didn't have a great setup in in Jacksonville, but he's not bad. Alan Lazard, you know. I mean, if I want to go young, I mean, I could probably go with like someone like maybe Robert Woods for like six or seven million dollars for a couple of years. So there's a lot of options for us if we want to go. Robert Woods just in history with Arthur. Or no, he doesn't. A lot. He doesn't. I was gonna say, he, yeah, he wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. The only one I know, like people like I don't want, is uh, you know, I don't want Julio Jones. I don't want Robbie Anderson because they just. Don't mesh well. Um, but yeah, there's I mean there's some options for us in, in different ways. I just kind of want to see what happens with it. So so the next team we're gonna talk about is um the team I do really not like to mention, but I will just because we're doing this, and that's the New Orleans Saints. 
Dylan, what do you see as the things that they need in this in this upcoming free agency slash you know drafts, you know whatever off season? We'll say it that way. Uh, I think their primary is like overall is youth. They need to get younger. They're an old team. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so they need youth, but you can't really manifest that or get that really quick. So, um. I'd say, like, if you're plugging in, because Derek Carr is a win-now move. Signing Derek Carr is a win-now move. Uh, and when so, they did that. Yeah, they did that. So, I say they need, first, O-line health. Their O-line was in and out last year, uh, being health, or not being healthy. They need a second running back. Uh, probably invest in that, because uh, Alvin Kamara is going to get suspended for six games, uh, at least probably this year. And you're not going to rely on Mark Ingram for six games to be your bell cow at age like 29, 30, 31, whatever old he is. Um, and then I think defensive wise, you need an edge opposite of Cam Jordan. Because Marcus mm-hmm. Davenport has been hurt all the time. Uh, you need a D tackle that actually affects the game in on the interior. And you need a cornerback opposite Marshawn Lattimore. Safety-wise, I think you're good. I like Marcus May, and I like Tyron Matthew. But corner-wise, they don't have all that they should uh, in order to help. They they have Marshawn, who's one of the better ones, but Bradley Roby's a free agent this year. P.J. Williams is a free agent this year. So they need to add some depth to that position. Otherwise, they are going to be in a tough spot. So I those are what I those are my big things for them. Offensively, I think you have a lot of stuff in place. Uh with they have a deep tight end class. They have uh Chris Olave, Mark Ingram, and, and they have a solid O line when they're healthy. So I think they that in that regard they're set. It's a lot of defense adding some injections of youth and talent onto that defense. Yeah, I agree. I think they do need some more. Something helped with uh, Cam Jordan on the defensive line. By the way, he's thirty-three, but he's also a free agent. Yeah, so you he's don't want to rely on him. So yeah, you can't really rely on anything that you don't have put onto a contract yet. Um, and I mean, it's not like they can't add him now because you know you just can't talk to other teams. You know, free agents from other teams, they could have signed him. Um, maybe age is the reason they're not signing him. But yeah, I agree with what you said. I do feel like they need something more on the um on the on the offensive or the defensive line. Um they don't have a pick until 29. And so that doesn't help them. And I, you know, with this, I haven't seen Parr's uh his uh his contract, like how it's loaded and how it's front loaded or whatever, front loaded, rear loaded, whatever. Um but they were already in the hole. They had one of the worst caps left, you know. So I I don't know. They were like thirty. The only team worse with a worse cap is you guys. Um, so I I'm curious to see how they how they do this, how they put this together. Yeah, um, they 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 pumped his cap number for this year down to seven point two million, and it goes up to thirty five, and then forty five. They have a their their out is in 2026 after three years. So I think the way that this is going to be is I don't really see how New Orleans can pick up players 
and do much with this with this team to get youth to get players on this team that are going to help out when they don't have the space to do so. Um, if I was maybe New Orleans, I know picking signing Derek Carr is a great move for them, but I don't see how you're going to build around them right now. Offensively, like you said, they have weapons. If you've got Kamara, who's going to have a game, six game, you know, possibly more, depending on this whole situation, suspension. You've got other players on this team that are getting older, that are getting injured. Your wide receiver core, if I'm not mistaken, is Rashid Shahid, Jarvis Landry. I mean, Michael. Is he Michael Thomas? I know you know he's had his Chris Olave is your best you know receiver. What is he gonna be there? Marquez Callaway. Is he gonna you know? Are they gonna Marquez Callaway would be there, but I mean, you don't know who's you know Michael Thomas is probably gonna be gone because he hasn't played in three seasons almost. So I'm just curious to see how this team goes. They're twenty four million uh, over the cap at the moment. Yeah. So I mean, you know, Jarvis Landry and Juwan Johnson, which is in that their tight end. Tight end. Yeah. Both free agents. Adam Troutman's a free. No, he's not alive. Wrong list. Callaway, Johnson, and Landry are Landry's unrestricted. Both the other two, Callaway and Johnson, are both restricted. But I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of just money they don't have to spend on these guys. And then you've got someone like Michael Thomas who doesn't really look like he wants to be there. He's excited about Carr. He's going to be there. If he is he? Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, I I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how this goes. So we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come right back, and we'll start doing the Carolina and Tampa. We'll go back. All right, guys, we're back. And next we're going to go with the Carolina Panthers. Now, I will say this. They don't have a lot of – they have the number nine pick, and they are 15th in salary cap out of the 32 teams with $9 million above the above the, the cap. So they can make some moves. But what they're going to need, I don't know if they have the money to get what they need. Um, They could address it in the draft, maybe move up. But they need a quarterback. Um, Baker didn't work out. He's gone. Their starting quarterback right now is Sam Darnold. Um, You know, their backup is, what's his name, the rookie, uh, Matt Corral. T.J. Walker is a restricted free agent who did play well last year, but he's not great. The other one that's a big thing is is it's another restricted or it's another free agent, and that was the guy who made an impact for them after CMC was traded, and that's Deontay Foreman. He's gone. He's a, he's unrestricted. He can go wherever he wants to. He played well enough to do probably get something somewhere. Yeah, I'd take him in Atlanta. Him and Algier would be a good combo. Um, but their biggest thing is is they need a quarterback. They need somebody to run the offense. They don't have it. 
They got ghosts, man. They got a Ghostbuster right now running the offense. So, what do you see, Dill, besides those two? Uh, I see, I, see I, I agree. I see quarterback and running back, but uh, which quarterback obviously is always the biggest hole. If you have a quarterback hole, it's the biggest hole you probably got to fill. Uh, and for them, they have only a third round or a fourth round pick in Matt Corral under contract next year that this regime did not pick. So I guarantee he will probably not be the starter next year. So I did just get a notification that the Panthers are one of the teams that are interested in Jimmy G. So that's an option for them at quarterback, but I don't think that's a long-term option. I think that's a two to three year deal with maybe really only a one to two year deal uh, to be a bridge to the next guy. Um, Yeah. And so I think that running back is obviously a hole after you lose CMC. I think they need a second wide receiver opposite DJ Moore. And then I think they need a playmaking tight end. Uh, they have some decent tight ends, but none of them are real big playmakers. They have good blocking and kind of a balanced, maybe more, maybe a more of a blocking tight ends that can, that can catch. They need a guy who is like an elite pass catcher who can make plays from the tight end position for their team, uh, which they don't have defensively. There's not many holes because I think they have a really good defense, um, they are losing. They do have Matt Ioannidis, who is a free agent, who is a really good defensive lineman for them, DN for them. Uh, that if they can retain, that'd be good. But if they can't, uh, not like I mean, you can always try to find some depth in like uh, lesser free agents or um, lesser free agents or um, the draft. That's what I was trying to think. Uh, but I think linebacker and strong safety are there potential needs uh i think shaq thompson could be a cap casualty to get under the cap uh and so they would have to replace him and then i think they need a safety that another safety not jeremy chin uh but xavier woods i he was fine but not the best so that's what i would think offensively i think is where their main focus should be this offseason they have a really good o-line to drop a quarterback behind but they need the other positions if DJ yeah, Moore need... is your only threat, then you will not be good. No. And, and you know, we didn't say it really with uh, the Saints where Dennis Allen is still a good head coach. Clark going back to him, who's the guy who drafted him, all that kind of stuff. This is a new regime, all of that. Um, and it's a really good regime. Their coaching staff is elite. Um, so I'm curious to see where this goes. I'm curious to see how well it goes. I think it has potential, but I think there's some things that are tied up. Like you said, is they're going to need some cap space to really plug the holes that they have. Yeah, and I think Um, their quarterbacks that they're going to be interested in are going to be CJ and Will Levis. I think those are going to be the two guys they're going to be most interested in based on Frank Reich's history of quarterbacks that he's worked with. Um. but to get CJ, you're going to have to go up to probably one. You're going to have to move. Yeah, you're going to have to move to at least at, at least three. The top three. And but then you're Will probably Levis... going to have to go to one. Will Levis, you might be able to stay, but you probably have to go up, i say, to five. You probably have to swap with Seattle. Seattle, yeah. Uh, Not that Seattle, I think, is going to get one, but I think that's where you probably got to go to ensure that you get one of those guys. 
Um, there's a chance guys slip and like Atlanta passes or all those teams pass, but I think to be sure you go up to five. I think those are going to be the two guys they're going to be most interested in. But I think if you can get one of those two guys and then you can drop in other talent, because this is an elite tight end class, um, like a really good tight end class that's really deep. And so you can get a second or a third or a fourth round guy that's a playmaker and drop him in. But I think they need to add a value free agent that is a playmaker uh, yeah. opposite of DJ Moore. So if you can get a, like a $10 million guy, eight to $10 million playmaking, like a decent playmaker at wide receiver two, draft a second or third round tight end. I think that'll help insulate a quarterback, especially if you put Jimmy G in for six to eight games, give the rookie some time to to learn. I think that'll help a lot too. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do. There's some, like you said, there's some, there's some good positions that they need. There's some good setups for this draft. I think the biggest thing that they have is just they're where they're at in this draft. They're going to have to make moves. I think they're going to have to make moves to be better if they want something more in this draft. Um, If they just want to build some, like some, some project stuff, then stay where you're at, you know, look at nine and just hope that you can get something. But if they, I, like I said, it also depends on the finances that they have coming in. They're going to have to get, they have their cap space is not the greatest to build to really rebuild this roster yet. And I don't say it's a rebuild, but it's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a car. It's, it's impossible. You're going to have like, I mean, like we said, the NFC South is a lot of, this isn't going to be the greatest division for a while. It's going to take two or three years to build back up. No. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, And so that leads us to the last team. And that is your Tampa Bay Bucks. So I will let you start since it is your team. What do the Bucks need going into this season? Now, remember, they are the worst cap space, 47 in the hole. They have the what 19th pick in the draft? Yep. Am I right that? Yes. That is right. So there's not a lot there build on but it doesn't mean that you can't so what do you see when you see the bucks as what you have to build with uh well first we need a new coach just kidding uh, <laughs> but, gonna let uh, it go, folks never gonna let it go um i think personally I think I don't know if I said this on podcast. If I haven't said this on podcast, I've definitely said it to to pretty much everybody on the podcast. Just probably not recorded. Uh, I want to stink this year because uh, I don't see us. There's no point in us going after a Jimmy G or uh, you some said kind this of, on podcast. Yeah, I don't like Jimmy G, but uh, I I don't like Jimmy G for us. I don't mind Jimmy G as a quarterback. I don't like Jimmy G for us because there's no point. And trying to be like, let's be frank. We were eight and nine with Tom Brady last year. With Tom stinking Brady. You really think Jimmy G is gonna get his eight wins? Like, I mean, to be honest, like it, it's just not gonna happen. So 
I think you roll with Kyle Trask, kind of similar, like we said, with Desmond Ritter. You spend a third-round pick on him. You spend a second-round pick on Kyle Trask. Like, we got to see what he is. He spent two years behind Tom Brady. So we got to see what he is. I don't want to draft a quarterback this year because I want to stink this year so that we're good next, uh, that we can get a quarterback next, hopefully get a quarterback in next year's draft. So I don't think quarterback's a need. So I'm not going to say quarterback, even though it it probably it, it to most people you would look at the Bucks and say quarterback's a need. I don't think quarterback's a need because I don't really I want to I want to give Kyle Trask a chance to to see what he's got. Uh, our holes are hundred percent left tackle. We just released John Donovan Smith, who is a liability. So I'm thankful for that. Um, we probably, I don't think we need a left guard, but that's fine. Uh, we need left tackle or right tackle because there's talks that we move Tristan Wirfs to the left side. So we need whatever one Wirfs doesn't play. It's easier if Wirfs plays left tackle because there's a ton of right tackles. It's easier to find a right tackle than it is a left tackle. So I'd be fine with moving him to left tackle. Uh, I think we need a we need ends because I think Will Golston might be a free agent this year. Akeem Hicks is a free agent. We got some young guys, but Logan Hall didn't produce a lot. Joe Tryon to the to the common eye did not have a ton of sacks, but he had a lot of pressures. He just didn't finish. Um, and so he's got to step up. Uh, defensively, I'd say we need ends, and we need. A we need a middle linebacker and a second corner because Jamel Dean's a free agent. I believe Sean Murphy Bunting's a free agent. Um, I could be wrong about Sean. He might not be a free agent. Uh, no, but I know Jamel. Is. Okay, I know Jamel's a free agent as well. So we need uh a lot of a lot of insulary pieces. So this year I want in the draft I want us to hit either tackle at night at nineteen. Or or maybe invest in a middle linebacker to replace Levante. I would love Levante to finish his career with us, but there's only so much you can do. So if we can't afford him, we can't afford him. I want him to see him go succeed, go somewhere and play well. So if we need to do middle linebacker, I'd say middle linebacker or tackle or, or maybe even corner uh, to replace Jamel would be the three positions I'd be looking at in the draft. What about you? What do you see when you look at our team? When I look at your team, of course, I mean, you know, you said it before, you know, you're not going to say it in a sense because you really want to see what Trask does, but quarterback's number one. Um, going into this draft or going into this season, you know, you're kind of like what, you know, we'll talk about him too later is like the commanders with Sam Howell, someone who has not played just to see what happens. Um, I get what you're saying about wanting to be a top five team next year in this draft if that's what you really want for a quarterback because it's it's a better quarterback class you know well I should say better there's a lot more options at quarterback next season and next year's draft um offensive line you need a lot in a sense you don't need I take that back you don't need a lot you just need consistency is that a better word for it yeah, well, we just had a lot of injuries. We just had a lot of – Jensen was hurt. Our left guard kept getting hurt. Uh, Donovan Smith sucked. 
So, like, I mean, yeah, was, I mean, you had Tristan Wirfs is, is is your you know your best. The right winner. side um, was impenetrable. The left side was yes. a was a terminal stall. It was just go go go. Like whoever wanted to come, like come over here, and you're gonna get a free shot. Like that was really what it was. Yeah. Um. But yeah, offensively, I think you need to work on that left end, left side. Whoever your quarterback is, you don't want them to be scared on you know turning. He's probably gonna be a righty. You don't want him scared to be not looking over your shoulder. Um, defensively, uh, you know, losing uh, you said it yourself, Levante David. Um, who else was it? Uh, I just saw um, Raheem Nunez Roches is gone. Or uh, who'd you say? Uh, Jamel Dean, um, Don Bunting. There's a lot of your defensive hits are gonna, I think your 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 depth as well on defense as well as your your corners um, is gonna hurt you. The biggest thing, um, you know, you're gonna have a new OC walking in the door. You're gonna have a, a, a young quarterback as of right now being your. You know, I could see three of the four teams in the top. Eight to draft for this for this division, um, and I'm not saying who's going to be it, you know. But three of the four teams could be in, in the, the the big top ten. Um, Tampa better be number one. Well, you know, Atlanta could be right there next to them, and depending on who the quarterback for Carolina, they could be right next to that. Um, it'd be funny if it's one, two, and three in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. There's a lot of openings. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of things that could be going on. It doesn't matter how you see it. Um, but that's it. I mean, that's the NFC South in a nutshell. It's, it's not pretty. It's, it's not clean. It is just what it is. I I would say East. I would have said a dumpster fire, but or the NFC East, or the NFC, yeah, the old NFC East. You know, it's every division has their little roles because I would think a couple years ago the NFC West was that way. You know, then it was the NFC East. I just needed to be the AFC. The AFC South has been a, a bad for a while, I guess, too. But who knows? Um. But listen to the podcast. Let us know what you think. You know, tell us what you think about these this division. Tell us what you think about what we talked about. Um, if we were wrong, you know. So with that, we'll talk to you next week.